Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. I am King the Conqueror. Wait, fuck, no. I'm the L.A. nerd. That's for later. And with me, as always, is Taylor Salen. Hey, yo. How's it going, everybody? And Lawrence Burling. Hi, friends. Don't, she found that one amusing. Don't you mean, <laughs> don't you mean Immortus? You're Joel Reeves. <laughs> Immortus or Ramatut or He Who Remains. Mm. We'll get there. But it's Loki finale day, everybody. But, you know, the way we do this, it's Loki Episode 5 and Loki Finale Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we'll get to there. But, Taylor, before we get to the news, why don't you roll me some sweet, smooth jams? Wooka wooka. Quicker one there. Beautiful. Yeah, get some variety, you know. You know. <laughs> variety <laughs> is the spice of life, as they say. Every every wooka wooka is unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. More. Uh, what do we got for the news today? We finally have news again for the first time in I don't even know how long. Um, and kick it off. Let's talk about a little football. Shall we? Since I know you guys is weird like football Warren. so yes. much. I know. I know. I'm starting it off for you guys. But the one reason that I would talk about football is this, and that is Zachary Levi playing Kurt Warner. <laughs> yes. So. Taylor sent me, yeah. well, he sent us a tweet that uh, it, it was like the, re- it was the, the reveal of like what he looks like as Kurt, like, and there's like pictures of him with Kurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my! I'm not a big. I'm. I'm on it. I'm. I'm big on football. I'm honestly not big on like sports movies. Um, yeah. But I'm f- fucking pumped for this. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is like directly up your alley, Joel. Like your favorite team, one of your favorite players. Like you yeah. really can't go Zachary wrong. Levi. Like, yeah, they pretty much made this fucking for me. I think. Yeah. yeah exactly. Seriously. It's yeah. gonna say like. Dedicated to Joel Reeves at the end of the fucking <laughs> film. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, I mean the the this movie's been in the works for a while. Um, it's really cool to see how uncanny Zachary Levi is uh, as Kurt Warner. It's like pretty <laughs> pretty spot on in terms of you know the look. Um, yeah, I mean they really also released a featurette for the movie, like um, behind the scenes, you know. Basically, yeah. just saying, "Oh, Kurt Warner story is amazing." Like, we have to turn it into a movie. Like, it's it's basically two minutes of them saying, "Like, this story is all so cinematic." You know what I mean? <laughs> um, which which it is. You know what I mean? They're, no, they're not 100%. wrong. They're not yeah. wrong. But at the same time, if it's people just... aren't familiar. Like, Kurt Warner was like a he he like wasn't drafted by the NFL. He was like he fucking he was like a grocery store like bagger. Yeah. And then oh, wow. he like played in like arena football, and he was just like too good for arena football. Like he was just like throwing like hundred yard touchdowns. Like he was just too good for Dang. the people that played arena football. And uh, the Rams were like, "We want this motherfucker." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he took him to two Super Bowls. Uh, 
one of them we won. The other one, uh, the Patriots cheated. So I will forever <laughs> fucking hate the Patriots. It, they were literally caught with our playbooks, so they can go fuck themselves. Uh, oh, wow. They can eat a dick. The Patriots, even though Tom Brady's not on the Patriots anymore, I will hate the Patriots forever. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's neither here. Nice. That's, that's neither here nor there, Joel. It is here and there. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. But I they think, cover this shit in the movie. Yeah, I think uh, what's his name? Dennis Quaid is is isn't it Dennis Quaid or yeah, it's Dennis Quaid uh, as Dick Vermil. Pretty good, pretty yeah. good casting as well. Yeah, interesting. I'm, okay, we don't. Yeah, you know, I I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch this movie. That's really all there is to say about it. It's one of my favorite actors. My probably my favorite quarterback of all time. Uh, my favorite team of all time. Obviously, <laughs> I'm excited to see like there's got to be like football like moments in the movie, right? So I'm excited to see who they cast for like Isaac Bruce or Tory Holt. You know what I mean? Like Marshall Falk. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna be just super cool to see like the greatest show on turf in a fucking in like a movie. You know what I mean? Like a real Hollywood movie. Yeah. Real Hollywood movie. Uh, <laughs> very nice well very nice. speaking of real hollywood movie we actually have some news of some features big features look at, that, look that are segue. are in production like look we have confirmation segue. of this i know okay. i'm really good at this guys yeah. um so far i'm gonna probably biff <laughs> the next one because i said that but it's fine it's um we have learned courtesy of instagram that Mr. Momo himself is here in London as well for Aquaman 2. Um, supposedly, he said shooting starting tomorrow. My guess is sometime this week at least. Um, but for all you DC fans out there, that's exciting. Um, for I gotta me, say, I'm one step closer to Jason Momoa. If you're a DC presence, fan but... and you're still listening to this podcast, I give you so much fucking... I give you so many props. <laughs> yeah. That's valid. I mean... I, like I'm a quasi DC fan. They just haven't done anything good in a while. So like, yeah. and and honestly, I it's ironic. You guys already know this, but for everyone else at home, I just watched Aquaman one for the first time yesterday and absolutely hated it. And then I saw his Instagram it's not a post. Good movie. <laughs> yeah. It's really not, and it's a shame because I feel like it could have been, but that's neither here nor there, neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else on Aquaman, or should we yeah, I mean, announce no, I the other one that I have I'm, confirmation of? I, I'm excited to see Aquaman too. Um, yeah, I, I didn't love the first movie, but I think that that movie is a little more like the tone of the movie is a little more intentional than like people oh, give yeah. it credit for. Uh, James James Wan's a good filmmaker, and he doesn't. He really like, is. He doesn't. Yeah. He, he doesn't like. There's nothing that's not intentional unintentional you know about his um about his film so it's like i definitely think the tone you know could be a little bit um a little bit different in this one and still maintain like kind of the continuity and all that stuff i know a yeah. lot of people are having uh issues with amber heard and they've been calling you know for her to be removed from the film and yeah. all that stuff so other than that like that's that's really all i know about the movie but I'm 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 down to check it out. I mean, I'm down to see more Yahya Abdul Mateen as uh, as uh, yeah. Manta. So yeah, Black Manta. Black yeah. Manta. I, I mean, I am a huge like James Wan makes good fucking movies, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just so surprised that the first Aquaman movie was so bad. Um, 
and it's like I'm also curious as to how they're moving forward with Aquaman two, and they don't really know what's going on with like the Flash movie. Like, is it Flashpoint? Mm-hmm. Are they resetting everything? Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what's going on with that, but they are moving forward with an Aquaman two, which leads us to believe that like events after Justice League are canon. It's like what the, you know what I mean? It's like what's going on with their universe? We still we still don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I believe Aquaman was the first film to take place after Justice League and like post, you know, Justice League world. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of take it uh, from here. Yeah, yeah no, I'm definitely. not going to watch it, but I'm curious to hear about <laughs> where it went, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I hope that it is like I hope I'm wrong and I hope that it's better than the first one. I just I agree that James is a really good filmmaker and so I think yeah. that's why I was even more confused at like just how not good the movie was. I just I found it to be boring and I found it to like just the whole structure of the movie just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like less on the tone. Um yeah, no, I don't the, know. The, yeah, the script is know. the script is rough for sure. And know, also, Amber sure. is just <laughs> awful. So, like, aside from all the other, uh, for lack of a better term, political reasons to not have her in the film, apparently it took like twenty five takes on all of her stuff, and that was still the best they got out of her. Oh, and God. it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah. just I don't. You can That's replace rough. her, like, yeah, she's not end all be all. Just put someone else in that red wig, and it'll be fine. Yep. Look, we got fucking we got Don Cheadle out of replacing Terrence Howard. So exactly, they, you know, maybe they could get someone even even better. Don, and I'm sure they could. Don Cheadle just replace her. Just yeah. replace her with Don Cheadle, Barb and Star. Okay, yeah. Taylor, I just watched that movie, so I finally get that joke. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Um. It's amazing. I've seen it. Like Sarah loves it too. My wife, we've seen it like ten times probably at this point. Oh my god, that's yeah. insane. She just shows it to uh. anybody who comes over. She's like, "Have you seen Barb and Star?" <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to watch it forever, and it has not been available for anything other than rent. But yeah. now it's finally on Hulu. So, mm-hmm. okay, but how do you guys um, feel about putting a red wig on Don Cheadle and just having him be? Honestly, uh, it would be better than Amber Heard, so I would take it. Yeah. So. Nice. Um, All right. What's next? But in other happy news, also I can confirm with my own two eyes that Indiana Jones Indiana Jones Five is in production. Absolutely. And they are in fact shooting in Glasgow this week. Nice. Glasgow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Um, um, I mean, you know, definitely James Mangold directing is a big. Question mark, oh shit! Is that who's directing? Yeah, it's gonna be the first oh, one Spielberg's fuck. not doing. But I mean, I think Mangold is like the right but guy. Mangold's great. He, he's the right. He's the right guy. But you know what I mean? It, it's just one of those things that's like not quite is sure. Hugh what Jackman to... in this movie? What's that? <laughs> is Hugh oh. Jackman in this movie? Yeah, dude. I don't gonna... think so. But Antonio it, Van Banderas is. Yeah. Oh no shit, huh? That, w- that was just announced the other day. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't yeah. catch that. That's awesome. News within news, dude. Newsception. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, um, I think also, like you said, you confirmed that it's like a night, like a, a late 60s kind of setting, like space race, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, without getting too many spoilers. it was So uh, what happened was I was in Glasgow last week and there was a bunch of American flag stuff everywhere. Uh, <laughs> and we found out that it was and then we also saw like uh set deck for the university and stuff but we found out that it was it was for indiana jones five um and so based on a lot of uh the set deck that we saw yes i can confirm that it is late 
1960s New York City. Okay, wait, but was 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 Kingdom of Crystal Skull like a modern time period? No, it was set in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I never saw it. Um, yeah. Are they? Are they? So, because I know they were trying to pass the torch on to Shia, and then like that obviously didn't work yeah. out. Are they? Are they gonna like? Pa- like, is Harrison Ford still like the lead? Like the lead? Or are they trying to like make a new I, I, indie? I mean, I think he is because news also came out recently that he got injured on set not too long ago, yeah. and so they had to push production by like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how much more information has been released than that. So gotcha. yeah. well, we'll circle back around when we hear some more stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I thought that was pretty cool. It was very interesting to see something of that magnitude being set up not on a film studio lot. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and Glasgow's and like, not a very not large in LA. city either. Yeah, but it is a very film heavy city. Yeah. Um a lot of a lot of big stuff does go to Glasgow. And apparently mm-hmm. they're shooting in other places around the UK as well. Um and yeah. Ireland. So yeah. Uh, be here I just feel like you bit, said they took up like six blocks, right? If you take up six uh, blocks of Glasgow, they took it's probably up like half eight of... streets. Yeah, that's probably like half of Glasgow, dude. It's, yeah, I mean, it's like all, the whole, pretty much the whole city center. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was it was really it was really impressive and really cool to see because like I also really geek out about that kind of stuff as well. Um, yeah. Like art direction and everything, and it was really cool to see. Um, as we walked through the different streets, because they were several blocks. Um you could definitely tell that there were different factions of art department doing Mm. different things. And like, you could see who was in charge and who was delegating and and what. And like, it was very clear that it's not just like one person running the show because there's, it's just too big. You have to have a lot of people. So like, I don't know. It was just really cool to see out in the wild, not a studio or Los Angeles. (laughs) Yeah, that's rad. So, um, but anyway, uh, Shall we move on to some marvelous news as well? Let's do it. The best, the best, the best kind of news. Yeah, um, we have a couple things. So first of all, we got a little. It was kind of a Marvel tie-in, but it it raises some questions. Um, we got a reaction to the free free guy trailer from Deadpool yes. and Korg. It, yes, it was interesting. <laughs> Um, at this point, I don't know if Ryan Reynolds knows that he's not actually Deadpool. Um, <laughs> it feels like yeah. he just, I, I feel like he just takes any opportunity he gets to put that suit on and yeah. Yeah. Be Deadpool. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he just shot that at his house by him. Like he didn't like ask anybody. He no, I mean, yeah. he, he kept one of the suits. So like, it, yeah. it, which was he smart of him because he could sure. literally just throw it on anytime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was not super funny. Um, but I, and you know, Anytime I can get some Korg action, you know, yeah. I'm into it. I was really yeah. turned off by you could tell that Taika Waititi was like definitely like recording it from like his iPhone. Like the like the the audio was just not great for Korg. Um, which you know, I at on one hand I understand because like you're at home, you're doing your thing. But on the other hand, like you're a famous d- director, you, why don't you own like? these like we have better microphones than like what Taika was recording on. <laughs> yeah. um, but taylor brought up a good point is this the first uh mcu appearance of deadpool i, I think so you know i mean yeah it's, i think it's technically canon it's it's actually really interesting because like taika and and is like in free guys so it's like mm-hmm. just that connection that that you know it's a small world so to speak but um yeah 
but yeah, I mean, exciting stuff. I mean, you know, it's Deadpool's technical first appearance in the MCU. So even though it's like not full canon, you know, TV show or movie, nevertheless, still yeah. exciting. Yeah, I mean, I made it, the joke. Good. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say it. It had to have been approved because it's not like with Korg; it's someone else has a suit and they just put it on. Like, yeah, that's oh, right. well had to have been done by exactly. an artist. And, and, so. and it's a, it's a Disney property, so it's not like yeah. the approval had to go far. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. No, I made the joke that it was actually uh, Korg's first appearance in the X Men. Oh universe, my god! The Fox, the Fox X Men universe. There you go. There you go. Um, oh jeez. Which is R.I.P. Thank God. Uh, yeah. But yeah. That 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 was my little quip. Like, well, actually, it's Korg's first appearance in Fox X Men universe. Um, Just so you know. Good yeah. job. <laughs> uh, but on the subject of Deadpool. Uh, who breaks the fourth wall. He's the only mm-hmm. MCU character, we can call him that now, uh, to do so, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but we learned yeah. someone else might be breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, it sounds like She-Hulk might be doing the same thing. If, you know, Tatiana news and Maslany. rumors are to be uh, believed. So, yeah. I find that so odd. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't know how that's going to work. They've never really. I don't know. I guess maybe with the multiverse, it's going to make more sense by the time we get there. But like, yeah, Deadpool's the only one that we know of who like does that. And like what possible uh, what possible re- like reasoning could they have for She-Hulk breaking the fourth wall? So I'm not super familiar with her in the comics, but is that something that she does in the comics as well? I mean, yes and no, but like Spider-Man breaks the fourth wall in the comics all the time. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like something that like comic characters, you know, have. I think it's an easier sell when a comic character is like talking to the audience because it's like narration. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like in the movies, like Spider-Man hasn't done that once. Right. It's like, no, he makes more. He, he self commentates, I feel like. Yeah. But he doesn't address it to the audience. You're right. Right. And I just feel like that's such an odd I guess it's like with that news, it's got to be more of a comedic show than I had originally yeah. assumed, right? Like, I feel like you wouldn't do that for like a political thriller, right? So it's like she's a lawyer, so I assumed they might go more of like a like a kind of like a Matt Murdock kind of thing, but it's a comedy. Yeah, I mean, I could see that being used in in, in that context, you know, through the kind of legal aspect of the show um i mean it's tough to say you, you could do it in a lot of different ways um and i think it'll be interesting to see marvel kind of tackle that because they haven't really done that yet even uh you know with deadpool barely coming into the fold um i feel like that's something they're gonna have to sort of uh address at some point so we'll see i mean i, I honestly i don't know how they're how they're gonna use it yet so it's tough to say because we basically know nothing about this show so yeah, yeah. But Since could be interesting. Tati- yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, you you just found out about the, the villain casting, right? So that's that was big news for you, <laughs> Warren. I did. With um, yeah, you were like, oh, I didn't know that she was going to be in this show. Um, Jamila, right? Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yep, Jamila. Yes, I remember that now. That was a while ago. <laughs> yes, it was. 
Joel made it seem like uh, it was yesterday. I know. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Mark Ruffalo's going to be in it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is when they decide to introduce Matt Murdock to the MCU. Like, mm. what other the better way like maybe yeah. in spider-man with the multiverse and he needs a lawyer but like that's a fucking i think that's a reach um mm-hmm. but in she hulk when she's like i think that's the perfect time to do it and you know they're go- like you know he's coming at, at, oh, yeah. at some point yeah so you gotta have some 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 daredevil action in the mcu come on now. yeah absolutely the uh, question is yeah. whether they're gonna bring charlie cox back or not I if they don't do people are gonna riot, bro. You know, he's a pretty good. He's a pretty good Daredevil. He was so, he was so good. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Moving on to uh, the reason why you guys are all here is to listen to us talk about Loki, um, episodes five and six. We're going to be talking about. So yes, we're not going straight to the finale, um, even though that's all I really want to talk about right now. Um, <laughs> but episode five was actually really fucking amazing. So yeah, man. Consolation is like, it's fun to talk about it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, I liked five better than six. So, well, I mean, five is definitely more exciting than six. Yeah. Uh, I would argue that for sure. I definitely um, got more of like a nerd boner from episode six. Um, but yeah, I mean, episode five was just like, it was, it was the writing is top fucking notch in that episode yeah. so good both um, both actually just, but yeah yeah uh at the end of episode four loki uh, you know gets pruned um we talked about that he wakes up we see the the variations of loki mm-hmm. and uh that's kind of where we pick up we've got boastful loki classic loki kid loki and alligator loki mm-hmm. um and this whole beginning sequence is just kind of like a Easter egg extravaganza as they yeah. kind of travel through the void. Uh, Loki's confused about that these are that these are actually Loki's. He, you know, we see for the first time like he's the one usually doing the trickery and like confusing people. And here he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And they're like, "We have we can't stay here. We have to <laughs> yeah. leave." And he's like, "No, someone fucking answer my questions." I love how angry uh, yeah. he gets like in that moment. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but uh... I I would say some of the better. Uh, Easter eggs we get through through the void. Um, uh, we see the Thanos copter. That's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Old. Great. Old from the comics. Yep. Great uh, callback, if you will. Yeah. Can you believe that there was a that there was a comic run where Thanos was just arrested by the police? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and then I, I love the copter how it just clearly says Thanos in big letters, yeah. like yeah. like. What kind of but villain? there's a comic storyline where he gets defeated and the police just show up and like take him away. Like, <laughs> All right, well, yeah, there were no Infinity Stones. That's back hilarious. Then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amongst uh, other things, though, the destroyed Avengers Tower actually says uh, Q E N G on the side of it, which is Kang. Um, it's a mm-hmm. uh, if you really dive into that in the comics, uh, Nathaniel Richards, who uh, becomes Kang the Conqueror, has a alter ego. Um, and he s- starts kind of like a corporation called Kang, but it's like Quang or whatever. It's like he's hiding in plain sight or whatever, even though mm. it clearly fucking says Kang. Um, <laughs> and if we weren't talking about these two episodes simultaneously, I would be like, that means fucking Kang's going to be in the fucking finale. 
like, <laughs> hands down. And then people would be like, you're crazy, Joel. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, but yeah. uh, I was right. So well, uh, technically, Joel, you weren't right, but <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we see the Sanctum Santorum there. We yeah. see Throg. We see th- yeah. fucking Frog which, Thor which, stuck in a little glass jar. By the way, apparently Chris Horn, uh, Hemsworth voiced the character. Yeah. For yeah. That. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Super cool. <laughs> Uh, we see like a severed head of the living tribunal. We see like a sphinx, the Great Pyramids of Giza. We see all kinds of shit. Um, I, I don't. What else sticks out to you guys in this episode? Because I was just about like I'm about to just hop into yeah. like the action of the episode when you know when they they they. The other Lokis have like a secret yeah. layer where they've just been hanging out, mm-hmm. um, which is like a destroyed bowling alley, which I just loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, <laughs> like I think there's definitely like the character revelations sort of sort of happen. Um, mm-hmm. You learn that Kid Loki basically killed Thor. Um, which, yeah. which right. Loki, yeah. he's like, which, why are you the leader? And he's like, I killed Thor. And and, like, and Loki's like, whoa, like they, like it's a it's a good moment that Tom Ellison gives there because it's like. He's impressed, yeah. but he's also like scared. You know what I mean? It's like these yeah. mixed um, feelings going on. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, also, just in general, like Richard E. Grant as um, classic Loki. Classic I mean, Loki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could cast that character more perfectly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we all know that Marvel's really great at their casting. Um, so good. And then you have <laughs> boastful, boastful Loki, who who I, I was I, I really wanted to love, but I just feel like we just oh. didn't get enough time with him. Um, I yeah. really, he was, he was he was my favorite character. Really, I just I feel like I didn't. I don't know. I mean, there's just no connection for me. I feel like I connected more to the alligator than than to Loki. <laughs> Um, and I mean, obviously alligator Loki, it's like Disney is like, Oh, what if we, uh, what if we try to do that baby Yoda thing again? But uh-huh. you know, in, in the, in, in the MCU, I love that. I mean, I love that like our Loki's feeding him like a box of wine. It's dude, like, yeah. so rocks funny. wine. It's like the, from the rocks. Yeah. Store, the box like, wine yeah. cracks me up so much. Um, Boastful Loki claims to have killed Iron Man, Captain America, and then we, we and then and then wielded all six Infinity Stones. Yeah, he claims that was his Nexus event. Uh, Richard E. Grant says he doesn't believe him, uh, so we don't know for sure. And he is boastful, so yes. Yes. is he telling the truth or not? We don't know. Yeah, I think the alligator also was doubtful of this as well. <laughs> he was, yes. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, Loki kind of tells them his plan to like get to the end of time or whatever and like find out who's behind it all. They kind of laugh him off and he's like, fine, I'll do it on my own. Tries to leave, runs into President Loki, mm-hmm. who we were all kind of maybe, uh, we were kind of hypothesizing that maybe it was our Loki trying to take over the void, but we, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. alas, it's not. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> President Loki with a band of like Marauder Lokis uh yeah taking over they they want the base that these lokis are uh stationed at and this was actually one of my favorite boastful loki moments when he's like you said if i showed you where the lair was that i could reign over everybody and be (laughs) king and the president's like yeah that's a bad deal isn't it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i lied you should know this i'm a loki (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, I will say that I'm a little sad we didn't get more politician Loki. 
Um, it yeah. basically amounts to nothing more than a cameo. But, you know, I did find it interesting in this moment that, like, all the other Lokis are, like, not Tom Hiddleston. But this one happens to be Tom Hiddleston. So it's like, they never quite explain it in the show, but I found it yeah interesting yeah. the way that they pick and choose, like, who Hiddleston's going to play in terms of variants and stuff. So I would... I would wager that Tom Hiddleston was like, I want to play politician Loki. Like that. (laughs) It's a small enough role that it's like, you know. um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think they would have had to have had him be another Loki. Like, I don't know. Personally, with all the variants, there has to be another one that looks like him. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or that same Loki, like, has a different Nexus event at a different point in time, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just thought that whole sequence in the lair was so great and like the alligator loki like biting his hand off yeah. was just a like yeah what the fuck oh. moment yeah definitely <laughs> it also was so good also, don't piss right? off an alligator <laughs> well I yeah love, no I, I love that they don't even make any like effort to explain it like loki's like i'm not even gonna try to like figure this out when he sees alligator loki you know and it's like i just love that that mentality but the thing that got me too was the um uh, the ecto cooler, I think, happens in the in the hideout oh, too, yeah, where he's drinking yeah. the ecto cooler. It's pretty good. Yeah, the kid, the kid Loki. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking great. It's like, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I love this scene when all the Lokis are like yelling at each other about betraying each other, and they're all fighting. And you can just kind of see like Tom Hiddleston like dancing around the fight, and you can see he's like just like embarrassed. He's like, God, is this <laughs> is this is this what I'm like? All the yeah. <laughs> he's like annoyed yeah. of himself. It's fucking great. I thought it was just such a great, like, like you said, character development moment for him. But then we also got to see like classic Loki's projection, uh, yeah, powers come into play here because it seems like he's super wrapped up in the fight, but turns out like he's just projecting that and getting mm-hmm. the rest of them out of there. Like yeah. that was well, a pretty and the cool tactic. Projections are powerful to see. enough that the projected kid Loki throws a projected alligator loki onto a person and it actually like knocks them over so these projections are like yeah solid like, yeah solid. yeah which, yeah, which we'll like definitely real. we'll definitely like talk about a little bit towards the end of this episode in terms of loki's powers you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, because i think that's a big thing that this episode finally like kind of addresses about his character so yeah yeah well at some point while this is happening um Sylvie and uh, Renslayer are kind of having like a a tete a tete. Like you come out and we'll you know we'll figure this out together. And Sylvie can see through the bullshit. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. ends up pruning herself, which I was like, that's a ballsy move, dude. You don't right. really know what's on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Owen Wilson picks her up, which I thought mm-hmm. was like. It's I'm I'm glad and I know it's all for storytelling purposes, but I'm glad that like they all survived going to the void. You know what I mean? It seems mm-hmm. like once someone falls into the void, Eliath kind of comes and like eats them immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, yes, it's uh, convenient, but it's nice that like <laughs> Mobius survived and like picked her up in a pizza car, which I really wish it had been Lightning McQueen. Oh, my yeah, that would have been, been great. Um. Yeah, I wonder, uh, like you said, I know it's storytelling uh, purposes, obviously, but given where we get to in episode six, like, I wonder if they all survived for that reason. Like, I wonder if it wasn't just luck or them being like, 
good survivors and it was like True. kind of orchestrated that they got away from Elioth, but I don't think that Mobius needed to survive uh for Sylvie and Loki to get to the end of time. You know what I mean? But I'm but I'm but I'm glad he did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know if much else happens until the end, but we get a nice little conversation between Mobius and uh, classic Loki, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is just everybody was like, why is Owen Wilson in the show? What, like, it doesn't make any sense. And I think he's proven us wrong mm-hmm. through the whole show. But this scene specifically, when he's talking about like the whole thing where he's like, I don't even, I'm, I'm not even convinced that's a Loki. He's like, but he could be lying, well, which would make him even more like a Loki. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's good stuff. That whole conversation with him and Richard E. Grant, I just think like, he, it was so good. The character of Mobius and Owen Wilson in this show is just so mm-hmm. vindicated, I think, through these like little small like character moments he has with other people people in the show absolutely yeah 100 i think he's definitely been one of my like this not only the secret weapon of a show like mm-hmm. this but like one of my favorite yeah. aspects of it as well so oh my god so much so. yeah yeah um yeah and then i think um that's when uh mobius like decides he's gonna go back to uh the tva using the temp pad and all that stuff um and then i i, I think that um I was gonna say Richard E. Grant's uh, Loki in this. I, I I really love how he's just so much different than our Loki. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. he's like coward Loki basically, which you know <laughs> he ran away to survive. He ran away during the fight, and you know so yeah. it's, it's definitely a good arc that they set up in terms of the setups and the payoffs. You know, for a character that's only in the guest spot for one of the episodes. Um, Let's talk about him for a, a quick second because yeah. we kind of skipped over that. He his so like. He kind of had the same life as our Loki. He went mm-hmm. through the Infinity War type storyline. Uh, instead of being killed by Thanos, he faked his death. And like he said, he floated through space for a long time. He landed on a planet and then he just stayed there for eternity or whatever. But mm-hmm. if we're to believe that Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston are like 1500 years old, and they look that good. Yeah. How old is classic Loki? <laughs> oh, I mean, like, how old? He's got to be like gotta so be, old. Yeah. He's got to be so old. And I love mm-hmm. that his Nexus event, he said, was he finally missed his brother being alone on a planet for so long. And he took the first step to go find him. And the TVA was like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Which makes his redemption here in this episode a little bit more, um, you know. Uh, effective, I guess, if you will. Yeah, um, for sure. And I mean, I guess we could talk about it now since we're talking about um, classic Loki. But I think yeah. the thing well, that let's I... give a little breakdown of who Eliath is first, perhaps. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't really do that. So, like, mm-hmm. when Loki first shows up in the void, they're like, "That's Eliath. He eats everything that comes here." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But again, if we weren't talking about this at the same time as the finale, I would, you know, Eliath. Everything up until this episode has been pointing towards Kang. And then this episode specifically, like Eliath in the comics is like him and Kang are kind of like battling out to see who can own more of like time. Mm-hmm. Right. And they both mm-hmm. have like empires like conquered like around each other. Um, so Eliath is really heavily tied to Kang in the show. We find out, you know, in this finale, it seems like Eliath was maybe like, I don't know if he was guarding Kang or like ke- keeping Kang captive or whatever, but if we didn't already know this, because we're talking about these two episodes at the same time, 
Eliath would just be another huge, huge clue as what's to come in the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so back to what we were talking about. Sylvie decides that she wants to enchant Eliath to get to the end of time, which is kind of the end goal of the episode is Loki wants to kill it. And Sylvie's like, no, you idiot. We're going to like go around it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty great. I mean, I just love that 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 moment when she's like, "No, I'm an enchanted." They all kind of look at her like she's crazy, but the the confidence, you know what I yeah. mean, that she uh, sort of projects in in that scene is just really great. Like she's like, "Yeah, I'm just just gonna enchant this thing, no problem. It's not gonna be easy, but I'm gonna do it." You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. And then and then they're all just kind of like, "Oh shit!" But you know, it's it's. it's Speaking to what I hinted at earlier is like the power of Loki, right? I mean, in the MCU so far, basically Loki's powers have been like kind of cheap parlor tricks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's not really yeah. been we know that Loki is much more powerful than he's been betrayed in the MCU. And I just love that this episode, even kind of thematically speaking, like really gives credence to like, okay, Loki is far more powerful um than even he gives himself credit for, you know what I mean? Yeah. And also the the moment where Richard E. Grant conjures the whole Asgard like projection. I mean, it's yeah, a, to, it's to it's, distract Elias. It's a beautiful moment. You know what I mean? It really is a beautiful moment, especially for that character. For the score for, too. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the score has yeah. been amazing in this series, like all the way through. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love that, that these shows, these series are giving these characters opportunities to have moments like that. You know what I mean? Where you can really sort of expand what we know about this character and, you know, take them on this journey and all this stuff, but also, you know, on a pure like informational level, still, you know, giving credence to the fact that Loki is uh, still a a fucking God, you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah, it just, it's growth and change mm-hmm. from a character that we've known for so long mm-hmm. which is really cool to see yeah yeah and i like that the old man loki kind of sacrificing himself to like distract Elioth, uh mm-hmm. you know with the whole building yeah. of asgard and it kind of inspires our loki who kind of just looks at sylvan and he's like i think we're more powerful than like we think we are mm-hmm. um which is like if one loki can be that powerful then assume presumably they all have uh the um the ability to be that powerful if they mm-hmm. can just tap into it yeah, right? yeah. well which is where our loki learns to enchant you know what i mean like yeah. that's not his power mm-hmm. um and in this moment he holds hands with sylvie and helps her enchant fucking mm-hmm. a giant smoke monster um, <laughs> yeah when we say how this smoke monster is much better than fucking smoke monsters of past like Remember how dumb fucking Galactus was in Rise of the Silver Surfer? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I definitely buy this one a lot more than I do that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's cool. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they enchant him. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the, the, the end of the episode is basically like Eliath, like kind of like the Red Sea parting, you know, and yeah. then you see the castle, um, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, I mean, people last at the end of episode five were basically theorizing that it was Kang, you know what I mean? Because they're like, oh yeah, that's Kang's like hideout and all that shit. And for once in our lives, the, the theories were actually right. They're we pretty, pre- pretty spot on, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, con- considering, you know, the, uh, the stuff in WandaVision, the, the Ralph Boner, you know, all that stuff. And then, yeah. you know, <laughs> what we were hoping would come in uh, 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier and necessarily didn't. I mean, they, they actually did it here, and, and it makes sense, too, because of the whole cosmic aspect, so... Yeah, before we move on to the finale, I will say a little nice moment between Sylvie and Loki was uh, when he creates the little like blanket to keep them warm. Mm. But mm-hmm. isn't Loki a frost giant? Why would he get cold? He was just putting the moves on her, guys. <laughs> Loki she doesn't, doesn't get cold. <laughs> oh, once a trickster, always a trickster. Ah, he's got the moves. Uh, yeah, Balls. dude, the, the fucking finale. Um there's the citadel and they go into it and fucking i mean we could you know i we could go beat by beat but just get to the fucking the 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 meat baby yeah uh, <laughs> they get into the citadel and the fucking there's like an elevator and it opens up and well okay first we should say miss minutes appears and tries to like uh oh, dissuade yeah. them from continuing their path like and like she offered some pretty good shit. She was like, Loki, I'll give you the fucking infinity gauntlet. You can win New York. You can do whatever you want. And he's like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was ahead, super man. like, I think one of the creepiest moments in the MCU thus far. I was going to say it almost has like minutes a, turn. a jump, jump scare kind of horror. Uh, yeah. Uh, vibe to it you know what i mean i was gonna say it's kind of a horror theme but it's 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 just that one moment but um hey i mean i guess it's a a small tease of what we're gonna hopefully see in uh, dr strange so yeah yeah between this and like dead vision yeah 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 they're just trying to that still haunts me to this day just like sprinkling it in (laughs) seriously right it's for the kids Um, guys it's for the kids So they don't take Miss Minutes' uh, deal, and she kind of is like, well, okay, then. That's on you guys. Um, They get to the elevator, and I just lost my shit, dude, when the doors opened up, and it's Jonathan Majors. I know. know? I'm like, oh, shit, they actually did it. (laughs) They never, yeah, they never really flat out say it, but, like, uh, you know, we know that Jonathan Majors is cast as King the Conqueror in Mm -hmm. Ant-Man Quantumania. Mm -hmm. Uh, So presumably this is Kang the Conqueror. We find out through a shit ton of exposition um, <laughs> yeah. that it is a variant of Kang. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's 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 sometimes when I'm really into exposition, you know, like I'm usually uh, I if if something's too much exposition, I'll be annoyed. But I really enjoyed the exposition in this episode. Well, mm-hmm. I think I think there's a couple reasons for that. I think first of all, Jonathan Majors, the way he plays it, it, it he it does he doesn't make it feel like exposition even though basically yeah. it is. It's like 20 or 30 minutes yeah. of exposition. I mean, yeah. basically yeah. what they're doing this is a huge setup for all of phase 4 that's happening oh, right yeah. here. I mean, obviously we know that, but you know, anybody who's listening who's not so much into it, I mean, Kang is going to be a huge presence in like the next for the foreseeable future of MCU movies. Yeah. I wouldn't um, be surprised if he was in multiple movies and shows from here on out. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And well, especially with the multiverse, I mean, you could have yeah. a different version of the character Ex- appear in yeah. exact shows. So that's, I mean, you know, and that's something we'll definitely talk about too, is the, the, the doors, the, this series opens as well. But um, I think the other reason though, is because it, it's, it's essentially like a like a one act play, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or it really it's is. it's really just like theater, you know what I mean? And so, um, I think for me that makes it a little bit more interesting than if it was just like a traditional exposition heavy scene. 
like he would see it's just it's his one man show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah he's had, i mean he's had he's had a millennia to perfect it you know yeah, yeah. and I he's mean, got his little puppets too like mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, jonathan majors in this series chef's kiss chef's kiss yeah um i mean it could have easily been like not as effective as it is in terms of the oh. craziness and he kind of plays yeah. it kooky and wacky and and I think he just really nails it right on the head in terms of how how to tote that line, like how far into yeah. the craziness do you go, how far into the saneness do you do you stay, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's he did a like you said, he did a really nice job of it's weird and it's very unsettling, but it's not unbelievable. Yes, absolutely. Especially for somebody Why? who's been trapped like countless oh, for... millennia at this yeah. point. Yeah. He's just I, a, he's a madman, like <laughs> yeah. And I found it very annoying that the, I saw a lot of people, even some pretty like smart comics people who were like, "Well, I found Kang's performance to be too campy, so I don't like it." And I'm like, you, it's like he's not the he's a he's a Kang. He's not the the Kang. Yeah, you know what I mean, like it's not gonna he's not gonna be cracking wise jokes when he comes and fucking tries to murder everybody when he's yeah. like the bad guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this was a different version of him. Like how do you? How, it's I feel I feel like that's like basic like yeah an understanding yeah. of of mm-hmm. what he just explained which was yeah the multiverse yeah. and the variance everybody's got different person we've seen how many we saw an alligator loki yeah you can't yeah. understand that like this exactly. version of jonathan majors as kang isn't like the kang no totally and i think i think it's a really smart um sort of subversion if you will because you know you're expecting this to be like the big bad you know and even though kang this version of kang is definitely not not a good person he is like the the goodest version of Kang, at least that's the way that they they sort of present it. You know, he's the best, nicest yeah, version of nicest, Kang, however yeah. you want to you want to put that. But nevertheless, yeah. you know, I I love that subversion of like you think, you know, this guy's a terrible person, and as it turns out, no, he's actually kind of a decent person, kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, based his on whole what we're his told. whole shtick was like protecting the timelines from the bad versions of himself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and let's look, I know we, th- we, we did all the crazy theories and we got here in the end and we were right, but mm-hmm. I'm going to, bi- I'm going to build some more crazy theories off of this crazy oh, yeah. theory. Oh boy. Uh, theory town. Theory town. They could have, they could have just made him Kang, right? They could have just mm-hmm. gave mm-hmm. him an origin story that they wanted to create to make him Kang. But they specifically said that he was a a a scientist from the 31st century mm-hmm. straight, out of the, straight out of the straight out of the straight so out so that literally makes him nathaniel richards mm-hmm. right like they mm-hmm. could have just said oh i'm kang i'm i'm you know a billion years old i've been doing this forever right yeah. but they said i was the scientist from the 31st century i made contact with myself so on and so forth mm-hmm. so this is the first of the richards family that we see you guys Mm. Mm. that's true there have been a lot of rumors if john krasinski's not going to be cast you know as mr fantastic there have been these rumors of maybe seeing like a like a family of color for the fantastic four Mm. um obviously we've got no casting confirmations or anything of the like but as jonathan and okay yeah it's the 31st century so it's like you know a thousand years after the fantastic four that we would see um, but a black man as Nathaniel Richards could be pointing towards a potential 
casting choice for the rest of the Fantastic Four, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, it's it's uh, a lot of it's up in the air right now, but I would not be opposed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so Kang, his little his little time, he's got like a temp pad thing, right? But it's like a different yeah. variety. It's like his, um, it's, it's his more Fitbit. Powers. It's like his Fitbit, you know, a little Fitbit <laughs> version of a temp pad. Yeah, a little Apple Watch. He basically you know? he basically explains the multiverse war in like five minutes, you know. Uh, he discovered the multiverse, different versions of himself discovered it at the same time. They like met each other at first. It was all peace and they were sharing like science and medical secrets. Oh, everything is good. Um, and then of course there were the bad versions of him who wanted to conquer the other ones. Um, and there was a war and in the end he, you know, he, he, he reigned supreme and he created the TVA and he streamlined all the timelines and he's like, I'm basically protecting everybody. Yeah. Um, and we do get the like some people call me this, some people call me a conqueror, some people call me a jerk. Um yeah. so if you weren't convinced that it was Kang the Conqueror, uh I mean, yeah. which you should have been because it's Jonathan totally. Majors, uh he says conqueror, so you know. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Yep. Mephisto confirmed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> phase five, Mephisto. Yeah. <laughs> he basically offers Loki and Sylvie the chance to run the TVA because he's getting tired of the job. He's mm-hmm. sick of it. He doesn't want to do it anymore. Loki's more inclined to take the offer. Um, he kind of believes Kang's whole story about like if you, you know, if you kill me, the worst versions of me will come. Sylvie's not buying it. She thinks it's a lie. She her whole purpose was to come here and kill the person behind it all. Um, so this is like we get a little confrontation between the two Lokis that have kind of grown super close to each other. Yeah. 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 And I Heart, love the heartbreaking to see. Definitely. Yeah. And there, there's like, there's definitely some good stuff going on in here. Um, just, you know, uh, writing wise, character wise, all that stuff. Uh, what, what I love in particular though, is the way that they kind of almost revert back to their original intent or like, the, like, we think they're changing sort of throughout the series, which they are, you know what I mean? But it's also like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, old habits die hard, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's even though, even though in this, in this confrontation between the two, like Loki is clearly not trying to like just take over for himself. But I love the fact that like Sylvie still can't even trust him even after all this, you know what I mean? She still assumes that he's just, you know, out to do his Loki thing. And um and rule the TVA yeah, and all that stuff and you know obviously he even says mm-hmm. yeah I mean just the the quandary of putting those characters in that position I think is really smart storytelling because it creates great drama yeah I mean, yeah he and was basically all on board to help her on the mission until he like heard the story and he's like shit I don't think this I don't think this motherfucker's lying mm-hmm. absolutely yeah because yeah. he he knows a liar when he sees one <laughs> yeah. And exactly. I, yeah, I really liked what he said about like, you can never trust and I can never be trusted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As to yeah. like why they can't be together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the way the fight goes. And like you said, it's, it's heartbreaking to see them fight and when like, he's trying, like kind of frustrating. Himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just when you think, oh, he's, you know, he's made her seen the light and she kisses him. 
And the kiss was all a ruse. Mm. Self-sassed. We got it. <laughs> we finally got the self-sassed, baby. <laughs> For all the self-sassed fans out there, you oh, got your God. bitch. Self-sassed. <laughs> terrible, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure how I felt about it. and then, But then when Some it turned out to be a ruse, I was like, pants, all dude. right, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a ruse, but I do think that they were in love. So I think it was like a goodbye, sure, yeah. like a true kiss, but it was a goodbye kiss. Because, yes, she tricks him and she opens the tent pad and she kicks him through a portal. Yeah. yeah. Um, sneaky, sneaky bitch. Yeah. Um, then she uh, she goes about the business of... Straight up Merc's Kang, dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and this was, look, for all the jump scares and the... And the dead visions. I think the creepiest thing in the world is Kang saying, like, see you soon. And then he winks yeah. at her. Yeah. Like, I told you what and was going to happen. And you didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's see you soon. Like, he's not going to be the one, but, like, it will be him. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, God, it's yeah. so creepy. It's yeah. just, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, so, no, go, go ahead, Joel. Sorry. I was just going to say, then you see the fucking timeline just, br- like, just fucking break mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and i love it starts out with just these little tendrils coming off the side of the timeline right You're like oh that's not so bad and then by <laughs> the end when they cut back to the shot and they pull away from the fucking castle and it's, it's literally like... just it looks like fucking spider wet it's just like veins yeah. just like yeah. thou- thousands of them and it's mm-hmm. like oh jesus christ and in this this is the moment in which dr strange is you guys done and fucked up and I gotta come <laughs> yep. in and fix it. <laughs> like, God damn it, Loki. <laughs> um, aside from what we see actually of the multiverse, though, of all of the of all of the different fucking things splitting off, um, we do see the computer screen at the TVA where they all kind of go off. And mm-hmm. a couple of them, this is the first time we've seen this, a couple of them overlap. Right. Mm-hmm. We've never seen that before. They're usually all just going up towards red by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, in this scene, we see a couple of them cross over, which I'm theorizing is how we get like Alfred Molina in Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. They you know, if these two timelines just split off, they would be their own separate like, yeah, it's, you know, multiverse. But now that they're crossing on top of each other. Yeah. It's like a, mm-hmm. like a convergence point that allows them to like, yeah, go into a dip. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, a different exactly. universe or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 And I was watching a breakdown where a lot of the tendrils and a lot of the other, you know, like sections of the multiverse we get to see are like blue. And there are these pockets where a lot of them converge, where they're like glowing red. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like I'm thinking maybe something like Scarlet Witch related. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mm. know. You know, she's red or magic's red. At the very end of WandaVision, when she hears the kids, we see that big like flash of red. Um, yeah more theories to pile could on top be. of more theories yeah. um, could also just be one of those big big conversion points with right all yeah. of mm-hmm. you know the variants that we know are cast from previous <laughs> yeah yeah previous iterations crossing over um uh, yeah the show ends on loki you know he's he's back at the tva he's running around none of the well he's the trying soldiers- to find Oh, sorry. Yeah, he's trying I was going to find say... Mobius, but like none of the soldiers he runs past are really like giving a shit about him, which yeah. is like you know I think our first hint of what's to come because like the, wouldn't they be like oh fuck it's Loki? Um, he yeah. finds Mobius and he's like yo I'm here we got to do the fucking thing all the bad shits happening and Mobius is like who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, 
Like, damn, you uh, did his dirty series. <laughs> and he's confused at who he is. But here's where I'm confused. Like, so does this timeline just not have a Loki? Well, like, just because they're not friends, it I would assume well, you know who the fucking god of mischief is. Well, but they all look, you know, so many of them look different. So uh, you might not know that he's a Loki, true. you know? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. We did yeah, also not mention, like, kind of what happened with uh, Mobius when he got back to the TVA. Yeah. Oh, right. And true, him damn. and Renslayer, mm-hmm. which yeah, is yeah, yeah. An, another interesting, like, cliffhanger for the series for me. Yeah. Personally. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a few in that one. B15 kind of escapes and, like, uh, convinces other people that, like, mm-hmm. Renslayer is, like, a variant. Yeah. Um, by, like, taking them back to the high school that she worked at and, like, finding her as the principal. Like, here she is. This mm-hmm. is not fucking Renslayer. Pre, pre-snap, um, actually, by the way, too. So. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So she, she lived through that. Crazy. Yeah. Or maybe not. Uh, yeah, know. Mobius takes one of the fucking time sticks or whatever, and he tries to fight <laughs> Renslayer, and she's like, you're an idiot. I'm way fucking stronger than you. Uh, <laughs> Basically kicks his ass and she's like, I'm going to go on a search for free will. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, she's kind of pissed. I think kind of this whole time we assumed she was in on it. Right. But like, I'm, she even has conversations with Miss Minutes in this episode about like who who's behind it all. She seems genuinely surprised. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think she is in on it until maybe she finds Kang the Conqueror and is like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this fucking mission, dog. Yeah, I'm, I mean, honestly, personally, I'm glad they did it the way they did and they didn't go down the route uh, with her character of being more nefarious. Um, yeah. I think it works nicely. I mean, yes, there's definitely a lot that's unresolved, but I think it works as like a good starting place for season two, which at this point is confirmed. So Confirmed, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> she just kind of is like, fuck you, Mobius, and she opens up a temp pad. We don't see where, and she just walks through it. I presume she's no longer trying to find like, the king that we saw, we'll call him Immortus. Uh, yeah. I presume she's out to find the king trying to, you know, be the ruler of all, you know, because yeah. that's yeah. kind of her goal, I guess. Is she she believed so heavily in the TVA, like you've got to go after the one who wants to like, you know, who's 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 in it to win it, to risk it for the biscuit, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just just um just as clarification, the internet, which is always a reliable place for information says that this is um he who remains although it's a combination apparently from the comics of he who remains and immortus so it's kind of like a immortus right yeah yeah well he's wearing the purple robes if you look up the immortus costume exactly he's he's all in purple yeah Um, yeah yeah. i mean he who remains i don't think even is kang in the comics he's just like the last person on he's just the only person who's survived until the end of time Mm -hmm. um but it would make sense that they kind of combined these characters for yeah. uh the the role of he who remains which yeah. Yeah, yeah he says he says they call me he who remains a conqueror blah 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 right like he's like mm-hmm. yeah, it's a i think he makes a comment like yeah it's a cute nickname but that's what like they call me yeah um not what I call yeah myself. it seemed more like even that that was what miss minutes in particular calls him like not even yeah, that necessarily he, other people do but he's like oh she still calls me that yeah. ha, ha, ha. <laughs> adorable <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, the last thing we see before the credits, though, you know, this Mobius is confused as to who Loki is, and it kind of pans over to what we would have seen as a timekeeper statue 
and it's just uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Majors in his without the helmet on the classic King the Conqueror fucking chest plate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So presumably this is a TVA where Kang's not trying to hide uh, behind some sort of uh, facade. He's it just does, like, yeah. yeah. He's just like, yeah, dude. I'm 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 the king, and you all have to bow down to me and make statues for me and shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we also have um, B B15, right? That's mm-hmm. her name? Yeah, yeah. With yeah, Mobius she, at this point. Yeah. So, like, to yeah. us, you know, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty big reveal when they're like, who are you to Loki also? Because, like, the last thing we see from both of them is, like, they're kind of in cahoots to, to help bring yeah. the TVA down. Um, so, like, it makes sense that they're there watching the timeline explode. Yeah. Yeah, and if so we it's don't, I mean, interested to see like last... what their thing was like in their timeline. Right. Yeah. You and know? it seemed like it seemed like they were mobilizing forces to like go conquer other timelines, as opposed to like, you know, like throughout the show we've seen the TVA like mobilize to like go prune timelines and shit. Yeah. Kind of seemed like they were like getting an army ready to like go fight. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Could be. Um, which I think really lines up with the statue being Kang the Conqueror and not yeah. you know, yeah. uh, a TVA, like mm-hmm. hiding things or protecting things. It seemed to be like the TVA where he's like, we're going to go fucking yeah. <laughs> own some shit. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go own some shit and then I'm going to run the TVA to make sure my reality is the one that like stays, you know, is the time. Yeah, line, so exactly. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, and we get the conf- the only mid credit scene is a confirmation of a stamp on a piece of paper of Loki season two. Although do you guys, sorry, no, go for it. I just had this thought. Do you guys think still like, how do you think Loki ended up in this variation of the TVA? Like, do we think it's because he got sent like right as Kang was getting killed basically and so it just she sent him to the tva and it just like randomly popped him into one or did she specifically send him on the temp pad to a different tva like i think it i think it's the same timeline if you will in air quotes for those who can't uh see what we're doing right now (laughs) um (laughs) i think it's a different timeline but what happens is when she kills kang it alters the timeline so it's like a back to the future kind of situation it feels like where it's yeah so he's going back to the same place that he was but it's but it's different it's changed got it which is which is actually kind of hilarious because like they go through great lengths in endgame to explain that time travel in the mcu is nothing like back to the future so it's like I think maybe it's possible she sent him to a random timeline so he didn't hook back up with Mobius to come after her. Maybe. Mm, Right? Like, if she sends him back, because she knows that Mobius is on his side, if she sends him back to the same timeline, they would just go go back to where they just were. Yeah. They would just prune themselves and then, like, come after her. So, like, maybe she purposefully just sent him to a random timeline. That makes you know, sense. like yeah. she didn't yeah. make a conscious choice. She just said, "Uh, not, not, not our timeline," mm. and then like, not here, hung him somewhere into the ether. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of how I saw it because, like, if you send him back to B fifteen and Mobius, like, they know how to get to you. Like, they're just gonna yeah team up again. Uh, True. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think season two is gonna happen like like late, late, like way later, or is it gonna like run up right before Quantumania? Because Quantumania is still qu- like quite a ways away. Yeah, yeah. Or is it gonna be like post Quantumania, or is it we're gonna see a bunch of Kangs 
in different things leading up. Like maybe we'll see some in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, you know, we'll see him maybe in some other small properties here or there. And then do you think Loki season two is going to set up Quantumania or is it going to be the fallout of Quantumania? I mean, it's tough to say. Uh, I would say that's probably the latter, if any of those, like the fallout, that would make sense, you know, because mm-hmm. like after all these series are meant to be what they Feige describes as like the connective tissue of the MCU, you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like all this yeah. stuff they don't have time to sort of fill in the gaps between the movies, you know what I mean? And um, honestly, I think something that's more likely is is probably just we don't see or hear, like, I don't think we're going to see anything from Kang until he makes his big appearance um, in Quantum. You think so? Hmm. I mean, there's just, uh, there's so much more uh, going on here, you know what I mean? In the MCU, like, there's a lot of, ten- especially... Um, you know, when we get to Black Widow, we can discuss the future of that as well. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, there's just a lot of other things that the MCU has to set up in terms of getting us to that point where you know Kang is the new Thanos, and um, I think they're better off spending their time on that than revisiting a bunch of like variant Kangs that we're not even really going to get to know or love, so to speak. You know, like it's just not enough time. So I don't know. That answers would question. you would you consider the possibility of maybe like a in Avengers post credits tease of Kang at the end of like the multiverse of madness? I mean, yes, but we also don't even know when the next Avengers movie is coming, so it's like hard, you know, hard to determine that. I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but uh, you know, whether that's actually what's going to happen or not is going to be a different story. So. My my thought process is it's just like you just ha- I feel like you have to because he was funny in this movie. I feel like you have to show him like being really menacing somewhere else before an Ant-Man film, which is going to be, you know, the tone of the Ant-Man's films are like c- comedic, you know? Yeah. I feel like you just have to show him be scary before you put him into like a comedy movie. Yeah. It's just kind of like my well, thought process. Uh, of so, it. To, yes, to be fair, though, too, they also said that like. You know, that that I think Ant-Man is just basically going to introduce Kang. Like, I don't think he's, you know, that's going to be the penultimate sort of build up to everything they're doing with that character. So, yeah, I mean, for mm-hmm. me, it seems like at least right now, like Kang is going to be kind of like the, the, the big bad of phase four. You know what I mean? And right. whatever they do in phase yeah. five can, you know, be its own thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's like he's definitely the big fish, you know, at this point. So I, I would imagine them taking their time to set it up you know i mean after all how long did it take to set up all the infinity stone thanos stuff 15 movies you know what i mean yeah. 17 yeah. movies something like that like <laughs> um That's fair, enough. fair enough so you know it's 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 a it's it's a long game with marvel it's a long game but i want it now i know <laughs> i know uh yeah that's pretty much it oh you know what we didn't mention for two of the last episodes it's in one of them they say vampires in one of the episodes we didn't talk oh about yeah that. oh yeah yeah yeah. it was episode big, four big deal big yeah. deal because that means blade is canon oh yeah um, yeah yep. so that's cool shit mm-hmm. anyway that's loki let us know what you guys think about it uh i don't know it's uh fucking tweet at me or something i don't know you you know <laughs> our socials yeah. tell us what you think about the episode reach um, out to us yeah, now we're at that point where you can stop listening if you want, but we're going to tell you what we've been watching aside from yeah. Lo- besides Loki. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who, wants, who wants to go first? Um, I've got. Well, uh, I guess we all saw Black Widow, right? Did you see Black Widow? I did. I watched. When? It. I watched it last night. Ah, nice. <laughs> I was worried we were going to come into it and you weren't going to have seen it yet. I know. Well, I was like, shit, I got to watch it. <laughs> Good job. So Let's I just, just do that. Then. Let's talk about a little bit of a Black Widow. Yeah, I just, uh, I just did the PVOD thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted to go see it in a the theater, but I was like, I'll just watch it at home. Like, <laughs> oh, sweet. I'll bring up Disney Plus and I'll watch it again today. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> because we're definitely uh, not sharing accounts. No, we would never no. do that. We would my, never do that. I definitely don't have my own profile for the <laughs> Cyclops. Uh, oh my god! Of course you do. Uh, what do you call it? I mean, of course picture. you don't. No, I would never. Uh, I quite enjoyed Black Widow. I'm gonna let you guys give your thoughts first. Uh, why don't you lead this one off, Lauren? Um. Yeah i uh, I also enjoyed it. Um. I. It's definitely more, I think, of a spy thriller um, than, like, a traditional MCU superhero movie for most of the film, at least. Um, But given her origin story, like, I think that makes sense. Um, And I thought it was actually kind of fun to see them break the genre a little bit in that way. Like, that seems to be a lot of what's happening in this phase, Um, you know, between WandaVision and then, you know, kind of buddy cop-ish of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then if Doctor Strange still is horror-esque, like, it's kind of cool to see how Marvel interprets these different genres. Um, I don't think it was a perfect film by any means, but I do think the cast uh, was pretty phenomenal for it. I think it was the highlight, yeah, especially absolutely. Florence Pugh and David Harbour. Seriously, like, um, those two are just so good in this movie <laughs> yeah it, it was just the right balance of like mm-hmm. seriousness for the spy aspects of it and then the humor with those two and like especially the dry humor mm-hmm. um yeah. of both of them t- to like really kind of emphasize the fact that they are family even though you know spoilers we find out they're not biologically a family yeah um yeah. Some of it, I think, uh, it defied physics a little bit more than uh, I mean necessarily believable. Um, Though they did explain how he held on to the plane later on. Mm -hmm. Um, But at first I was like, how is this is impossible? There's no way he's he's a super soldier. Yeah, yeah, he's a super soldier. He's Um, the Russian version of Captain America. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know that I loved the fight sequences in this one as much as we've seen in some others. Um, I think the action was a little off for me. But but overall, I enjoyed it. It's not my favorite MCU movie, but I thought it was fairly successful. And I'm just still very sad that this was not our first female superhero movie because for me it hit the mark as far as like there's no forced love story in it mm-hmm. wonder woman yeah and you wait know. you mean forced love story again yeah um t- times two yeah uh and just having two like badass women at the helm um yep. was really really cool to finally see so yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like all of us are kind of, kind of have the same 
feelings to you know reactions to this movie. Uh, obviously, Florence Pugh, she's great in everything. I've been a champion of hers for like ever since I saw her in um, Fighting with My Family, which I think I talked about on the <laughs> podcast. And I'm like, yeah, she's a superstar. I mean, she is a total. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a massive, massive draw in Hollywood for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, David Harbour, well established, great actor, so good. I think the thing that makes these two performances in particular more enjoyable than those and not to say that the other performances are bad in the movie but the reason why these two stick out is it's just because for me it just seems like they're having a whole hell of a lot of fun like they're taking oh, the yeah. material seriously but they're not taking themselves seriously right mm-hmm. um and i think that's what really works about this movie is kind of you know the tongue-in-cheek aspects of it if you will you know yeah. but not going too tongue-in-cheek like there's a, a, a serious story and serious drama here but you know, it's a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun. I mean, a lot of people have con- uh, compared it to like an early phase one film, which I kind of agree with. You know, it has a lot mm-hmm. of those issues, even down to the, to the to the villain problem, you know, which was yeah. a, a really big issue in uh, in phase one for Marvel. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I didn't love it. I didn't absolutely love it but you know i think it's definitely rewatchable and it's enjoyable and Mm -hmm. and we can definitely um discuss a little further once we hear joel's thoughts Uh, i really liked the scene where red guardian was like uh fucking arm wrestling everybody in prison and then he like he like pretends he like pretends to lose he's like oh no yeah (laughs) yeah so good um pretty awesome yeah no i i would say out of maybe 22 films it's in my top like it's in the top half for me I would say. Yeah. Um, nice. I really enjoyed it. I think it's, here's the thing is I think it is like five years too late, mm-hmm. but the way that they addressed that to tie it in, I think like, I'm going to forgive them for how late it's been now that we know kind of like what it did for the, you know, yeah. uh, for the rest of the MCU. Yeah. Just the post credit scene, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I mean, well, I think it has more implications for the MCU besides the post credits too, which we can get to. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the post credits for me is just kind of like the hype train. Uh, yeah. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. 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 I thought the action was good. I liked obviously Florence Pugh was good. We saw that they showed us a little bit of it from Comic Con that fight scene in like Budapest, and just like that shit was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like maybe there weren't other fights as brutal throughout the rest of the movie, which kind of was like, well, if you're going to set the tone with this fight, like what, I feel like everything else needs to be this fucking like, yeah, ba- like badass. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's, I just also felt at least with the first fight in particular, which I think was, was that black widow and, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name of the one that mimics taskmaster taskmaster. taskmaster. Ta- wow task master um the just the i don't know if it was the cgi or something like it seemed like the frame rates or something were a little bit off on it and it was like very mm-hmm. jumpy so i thought thankfully it got better than that but yeah i was like mm, it's not great yeah it's like i think it's supposed to be like slightly sped up kind of feeling like that the task master is like you know like moving faster you know than the other characters or something but it's yeah. that's weird. I didn't really notice that. At least maybe it's because I was watching it at home on on my TV and not on a big ass. Maybe, screen, but yeah, yeah. Um, it was cool in that fight when she's like looking at the Taskmaster visor and you see like 
the fight styles that Taskmaster has learned. It's like Captain mm-hmm. America, Black Panther. It's like mm-hmm. showing all these different fighting yeah. styles. Um, yeah, I mean, I loved pretty much everything about the cast of this movie. Like mm-hmm. uh, Rachel Vice is still hot as shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also a badass. <laughs> yeah, and also a badass. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, really I guess like, three badass women now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. They use, I like that they, I feel like the classic Black Widow shtick is like the fucking fake face mask thing, right? Mm. And they got to use that again in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't like um, the Taskmaster reveal. It's um, I don't know how you guys rough. feel. Like, it's pretty rough. It's pretty yeah. rough. That's and where I think it fell apart for me. Totally, totally. I mean, as soon as I, I as I got to that point, I was like, okay, I like not not gonna lie, I kind of like checked out for the rest of the movie, where it was like, okay, I'll watch this, but I'm not like really invested in the way that I was before. And it's funny because I feel like part of a lot of people are throwing shade at the way Taskmaster, you know, Taskmaster. God, we can't. It's hard saying it fast. <laughs> it's a, Taskmaster uh, in in this movie, you know, obviously, you know, the in the comics is a much different, uh, I guess, origin story or, or the way the characters portrayed yeah. is is much different. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think part of the issue for me is that the Taskmaster reveal doesn't work because the villain doesn't work like Drakov, you know, yeah. doesn't work. So it's like, it's not necessarily that they dropped the ball on that character. It's that there's a larger villain issue in this movie. And you know, it's, it's like, I don't see taskmaster as the villain in this film. You know what I mean? So it's no. like, for me, it's, it's that, that aspect of it works. But at the same time, like I just wasn't into the way that they actually did the reveal and um, how much, like they didn't put much stock into the reveal and like they do a tiny little flashback for like setup earlier in the movie but like there's it, it just doesn't connect in the way that I think the filmmakers wanted it to. Yeah. yeah. I would be okay. So if you guys, you know, presumably you are still listening cuz you've seen Black Widow, but uh yeah, they revealed it to be like the daughter that like Black Widow supposedly murdered yeah, all that, those years ago that um, we've never met or seen or have no context yeah, so on we like don't really, yeah. so we don't really care uh, yeah why why would you i would i would be so i would assume that that she still has all those taskmaster abilities she's just no longer brainwashed by the <laughs> yes. by the red room yes so it, i would be okay with it if like then she went out on her own it was like well i could be a mercenary now that i have all these fucking skills mm-hmm um, so if they want to bring I'm Taskmaster sure. back, I'd be okay well, with that. I mean, the widows took her off, so I'm sure she's going to be back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I just didn't like how they revealed it. But if they like yeah. build upon the character in the future, I think you could like, you know, like if we see two or three more uh, outings of Taskmaster, then maybe this movie like gives us a better appreciation for the character, right? Mm-hmm. Like. A lot of times, like when you build upon something and you watch it and you go back and you're like, oh, I like this more now. Um, but for now, yeah, not a big fan. Um, mm. Hopefully that changes in the future when they bring her back, if they bring her back. Um, yeah. Oh, they, they, they're cool. They probably will. I mean, obviously this this pissed off a bunch of people because they changed the gender, you know, of the character. And it's like, if that's your big problem with this character, then like you should be worrying about other things and not, you're going to hate black Mr. Fantastic then. (laughs) I hate a black Superman too. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, the post-credit scene was my favorite part of this whole movie. If you had just shown me that part, I would have been like, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I before we get to that, I am just curious to see, like, we find out that there are widows all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. just covering it. Mm-hmm. And now that, like, the Red Room is eliminated, I'm interested to see what the fallout of that is. If we get any follow-up as to what, you know, when the widows leave what happens from there yeah or like who who takes over the organization or the sort of command of those you know yeah and to like re re reprogram for lack of a better word yeah uh i don't really know where you would purpose their talents yeah what like movie you would yeah i don't know it might just be it might just be over (laughs) that just seems like such a big thing to like reveal I mean, to then have nothing come from it you know yeah um, but like th- theoretically this movie t- t- like takes place around like civil war right and like yeah we've, we've gotten a lot of movies post civil war and like it's never addressed well i mean, I, I wonder i wonder if if we want to jump to the post credits if the way that yelena goes is what happens with a lot of them um I have thoughts on that. I don't. I don't think it will. Um, so the post-credit scene, we see uh, Yelena visiting uh, Scarlett Johansson's grave post Endgame. She's dead, obviously. Spoilers if you haven't seen Endgame yet. Uh, <laughs> and Madam Hydra fucking shows up. Yeah. Uh, we saw her try to recruit John Walker for you know the Thunderbolts, the Dark Avengers, whatever you want to call them. Um, and now here she is recruiting Yelena, saying the person responsible for your sister's death is Clint Barton. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so it's heavily implied that the Hawkeye series is going to take place off the Matt Fraction comic based on what we've seen from costumes and like the artwork of the main title animation. Um, and the fact that Yelena is Russian, um, in the in the comics, uh, Hawkeye just has a really bad Russian problem. There's like Russian mobsters, Russian like, <laughs> he, like pisses off some Russians. It's a Russian and problem. Yeah, it's a Russian problem. That's funny. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> pisses off some Russians, and they're like after him the whole movie. So I think it it's gonna I think it's gonna rely a lot heavily more on like Yelena being Russian. Maybe she has like Russian mob ties in like New York. Mm. Then it will necessarily be about like. Black Widows. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, no, I think definitely. Would ch- which would probably change the whole tone. I think of the show mm-hmm. um, from yeah. like assass- like assassin well, to just like people who are like mad at him. Sure, I don't mess. I didn't mess. Blah, wow, I didn't necessarily mean they'd all go after Clint. I just mean like I wonder if Madame Hydra kind of takes oh. over the Widow program. I I see what you're saying. That would be. Um, yeah, it's definitely possible that she would it seems to me though that she just kind of has a vendetta against like the avengers right sure yeah um but yeah it's gonna be insane to like we're gonna get uh more like tv movie crossover uh yelaine is gonna i mean presumably she's gonna be in hawkeye that's the whole point of like setting it up yeah Um, Mm -hmm. which now that they're building this whole dark avengers universe who's who's next to be recruited is 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 what i'm is what i'm curious about 
Yeah. I don't know. I think it was also just really cool to see Madame Hydra just come back so quickly after we just like yeah. got Falcon yeah. two months ago. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and we know that Black Widow shot a long time ago. So, um, well, obviously, I'm sure this, this was shot at a different yeah, time period. Yeah. But still, the fact that you know, I, yeah. I wonder how this. I wonder how it would have been if the timeline of release dates hadn't got right. jumbled with COVID. Like, yeah. Well, who knows? You know, like, I think the biggest thing is that so usually, at least historically speaking with the MCU movies, the series might be a different thing, but I doubt it. Uh, The post credit scene is usually directed by the the director of the next film. Yeah. Right. Right. So like even with WandaVision, like Raimi directed the post credits on on WandaVision. So for this, I'm assuming that either this was directed by whoever is making the Hawkeye show. And I can't remember off the top of my head who it is. Uh, or it's actually a, like a, a scene from that show. You know what I mean? Right, so it's right, like right. I think that's like a, a greater the, the, the likelihood of that is probably very, very high in terms of this being, uh, you know, the beginning of what's happening in the Hawkeye series. So sure, and I mean, yeah. it, w- it would make sense, right? Like she goes after Hawkeye. They have a whole tit for tat kind of thing. And then eventually they join forces and, you know, whatever the larger threat is you know that's what they're gonna help each other with so um it makes sense you know makes sense based on what what they're doing so far and also uh i think it's gonna be really fun to see florence Pugh just bouncing off of jerry jeremy renner because you know hawkeye is very uh you know he's he's got some some snap you know to to him in terms of you know his um uh, trying to think of the, the right word right now, but I can't. But just his banter, you know, with Natasha. Yeah. So yeah. seeing that continue, I think, is going to be like, uh, is going to be really good. Well, and then you throw Kate Bishop into the mix. Exactly. She's, you know, she's probably going to just be as sarcastic, mm-hmm. if not more so, than Clint because she's like a teenage girl, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I had kind of always hypothesized that the Thunderbolts was going to be made up of like, I, you know, I always kind of assumed Abomination would be in there because he was at the raft, yeah. um, presumably. So now that we know Abomination is going to be in Shang Chi, mm-hmm. uh, maybe another Madame Hydra appearance. Who knows? Yeah. She, could, <laughs> she could show up literally anywhere at any time. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, I liked I liked the movie. I'm going to watch it again at some point. I assume. Nice. Uh, yeah. I want to see well, more Red Guardian. I want to see Red Guardian fighting Captain America. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Um, that'd be cool. Also, I just love the whole joke, uh, the recurring joke about the superhero landing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty, apparently, pretty apparently Florence like kind of ad libbed that, and mm-hmm. then they wrote it into the film. Exactly. Yet it's another bananas. reason why Florence Pugh is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, man. She's like one of my shot to the no, top of my list is like one of the modern, like my favorite modern actresses. I don't know that I've seen her in anything else, to be oh honest. Oh my gosh, but she's, she's yeah, a plus in everything. I would say if you're gonna go check out this. two movies and just fighting for with my family, fighting with my family and Midsummer, like Midsummer. If you yeah. watch this, mm-hmm. fighting with my family and Midsummer, you see the trifecta of like how much she freaking range this this yeah. lady has. So she really has range. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think um, that was a pretty long while we've been watching for all yeah. three of us. I'll uh, throw in one extra thing. Me as well. I, I, have, yeah. I have one yeah. more thing I want to discuss really, really quickly, but uh, go for it, Joel. I just, uh, hold on, before I move on from Black oh, Widow, yeah, yeah. I just no, want to give a shout out 
to our good friend Eric Pang, who said he was looking forward to hearing what we had to say about Black hey. Widow. So Pang, I Eric, hope we love you, you. Did? listen to this. Yeah. We were talking about it uh, after I saw it. And, uh, Peng, I hope you listen to it and uh, let us know what you thought of it. And anyone else, too. But I would love to know what Peng thinks about this film. Because we were like, because we were in the panel when it was announced. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be cool to hear his thoughts on it. Um, We could mention what you texted me this morning, Lauren, or the other day about how the actor that is in jail with. David Harbour claims that he's the first mutant in the MCU. Yeah. Um, yeah. Post on Instagram. Ursa Major is, you know, the guy in jail who's like the big bear guy, yeah. but they didn't show it. So I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I think he's just yeah. trying to get a job <laughs> for the future. Yeah. He's tweeting it. So Kevin Feige sees it and goes, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, we'll put you in X Men. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I watched the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Mm. Um, Oh, is that the one with the, with the AI controversy? So, yeah, I had heard there was a controversy, but then I looked into it more, and it was like people were upset that they used an AI to, like, recreate Anthony Bourdain's voice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, if you're going to make him say uh... shit he never said, that's fucked up. But they used it to narrate an email he wrote to somebody. So, like, they are his real mm. words. Gotcha. So I'm, I, I have less... I have less disdain for that than if they made him say, like, I love penis and Trump. And you're like, what the fuck? He would never say that. <laughs> um, but they just took it like he wrote some sad emails to uh, his artist friend, David Cho. Um, mm. And they just, like, used it to, like, n- like literally yeah. narrate the words he wrote to put them on screen. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, so the controversy is like, meh, get over yourselves. Uh, and apparently his family approved it. So, yeah, even more, okay. even more me. Yeah, who are you to say what they can and cannot do? Um, but I really liked it. There were, a, you know, I I'm a big like parts unknown fan. Um, you know, of all my favorite celebrity chefs, there's you know, Maddie Matheson is up there. Fucking, but I would say you know, I loved Anthony Bourdain long before I even knew who Maddie Matheson was. Um, but there's a lot of things I didn't know about him. Um, you know, uh, the, it kind of goes through his whole life when he, they had a lot of, a lot of footage of him, like from like the early, early times. And it's, hmm. I, I didn't realize that they had like had cameras following him for so long, so early on. Hmm. Um, apparently when he wrote Kitchen Confidential, they were like already like documenting his life. Wow. Um, wow. Which was like super early on. Yeah. And then uh, I can I can kind of understand why he was so fucking depressed. Like, you know, his life is, you know, if you look at it from the outside, his life is arguably like the perfect life. You get to travel around the world and fucking, you know, like eat food and just talk to people and like drink beer with Obama and shit. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it sounds rad. But the fact that like. I didn't realize that long before he was like famous for parts unknown, you know, I, I had known he had like had smaller shows before that, but like the fact that you've got a camera in your face, almost your entire like adult life, Mm -hmm. um, they kind of go into how he just kind of felt like alone. He couldn't go out on the streets anymore without people like, Hey, Anthony, you know, like he, he never really had, um, quiet time um they really go into like 
his wives. He had a few wives. He had he had a daughter. Um, and it's really touching. It's it's very sad towards the end. A lot of it is actually really, really like funny and exciting, and like it's cool to like watch him do his thing like behind the scenes. Mm. Um, and then yeah, the end they obviously touch on like the suicide. Um, mm. And uh, a couple of his really close friends, like uh, there's a chef, David Chang, mm. um, and then the artist Cho. Um, they were really close with him apparently. And they were just kind of like, they were mad at him for, you know, killing himself. Um, and it just got really like depressing towards the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you're an Anthony Bourdain fan, I would look over the controversy cause it's, it's really nothing to be upset about. Um, and I would watch the documentary, especially if you don't know a lot about his early life. Like I didn't, it's really cool to see like footage of him like back when like he was ordering food for his first restaurant and he was like leaving a vo- like he had this really shitty old cell phone he was like, leaving a voicemail <laughs> to order the fish as opposed to like you know like emailing somebody or like texting yeah. someone he had like call them and he like placed the order on like an answering machine and it was like well i hope it gets yeah. here in time and it was cool <laughs> to like see that like young anthony bourdain like when he was still a chef kind of in the crossroads of like chef personality it was really mm-hmm. cool Nice. Nice. Awesome, dude. That's great. Um, uh, I'm rewatching Ted Lasso, too, before mm, season two premiered, and I, I haven't watched the first episode yet because I'm rewatching fucking season one. First, I need to, yeah, I need to. Still catch up on as that. good as I remembered it. Definitely. Um, nice. Do you want to go, Lauren, or should I? Um. Either way, I've got a couple, but I'm going to keep them really short. Okay, I'll go first then, since I only have one. Uh, I watched Space Jam, A New Legacy, yesterday. Ah, okay. Podcast is over, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's pretty rough, not gonna lie. I mean, you know, the first first Space Jam was not a masterpiece by any means, you know? I mean, it's... it's, The first Space Jam is not a good movie, right? But for some reason, I think this film forgets what made that movie so enjoyable, especially as a kid and and Mm -hmm. somewhat, to a certain extent, as as an adult... Um, LeBron James can't act. I'm sorry. Phenomenal basketball player. Phenomenal. <laughs> but the dude just can't act. I mean, and that's, that's saying something because Michael all. Jordan was freaking pretty wooden in the first film, too. So, yeah. Um, you know, with that said, uh, I think there's certain elements of this movie that are redeemable. Um, there's one particular fake out that is just incredible. It, it almost somewhat save the movie for me hmm. um not good though not good uh it's basically <laughs> you ready to tell me what what it is i'm i'm no okay. i, I, don't, I, I don't, don't want to spoil it because the don't movie, spoil it because i am gonna watch came, it yeah the movie just came out yesterday so it's like Text come on. It to me when we're done then because i have no desire to watch this movie it's <laughs> it, it, okay so there are a lot of problems but i've narrowed it down to like two or three key things so the first thing is that this movie tonally is taking itself way too seriously, right? When The, the movie is oh, fun God. when it doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it's almost two hours long, which is like 40, oh. 40 minutes longer than the original film. Like one of the best Oof. things about Space Jam is how concise it is, right? It's like an hour yeah. and 20 minute movie. Like it doesn't overstay its welcome. This movie definitely overstays its welcome. And then three, a distinct lack of Bill Murray, right? I ah. think people are talking about like how bad this movie is. And I think part of the reason why people love the first space jam is because it's just so weird, right? 
It's just yeah. this weird concept. You have um, what's his name uh, from Jurassic Park and uh, uh, Seinfeld. Um, oh yeah, Newman. Newman. Th- yeah, uh, I can't think of I his can't, name I right can't now. Can't remember the actor's name. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's you, you have him in there. You have Bill Murray in there, and then you have all these like basketball players. You know what I mean? And for me, it's like Bill Murray really makes that movie in a lot of ways. And I think just having some sort of cameo like that in this movie would, would be great. Um, mm. Someone who you weren't necessarily expecting. Um, Lil Ro Howery does make like kind of a cameo in, in this movie. It's, it's fine, but it's not really what I was looking for in terms of, you know, mm. that element. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, if, if you're mildly curious, I would recommend it. Or if you like the first film, I would recommend it. But, um, I mean, can someone please explain to me why the fucking droogs from A Clockwork Orange are in this movie? Um, I can't. I'm sorry. Because yeah, WB it, just threw every property they own uh, into that movie. I mean, it's basically like, what if we made Ready Player One, but... Uh, no, that's exactly... Jam, you know? That's like, exactly it's, what it is. It's, it's basically... Uh, no, it's no lie. It's literally an advertisement yeah. for Warner Brothers, like, movies that's yeah. and TV. awful. I yeah. Hate it. Yeah, they they make Game of Thrones references, they make Austin oh, Powers I, references, they make I do know the people who made the Game of Thrones armor for this. Really? That's cool. Um and then also yeah. just Tell the, them I hate the, them. <laughs> seriously. Um just the the pure uh, It's level, probably a good paycheck, so. Right. Yeah, that's The yeah, pure that's level true. of cameos that are in this movie like it's so weird. Like in 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 so when they're actually playing the basketball game, there's like tons of people standing around and they're all cameos. Like one of the cameos is like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mister Freeze from Batman and Robin. But Arnold oh Schwarzenegger's God. not playing what? him. It's like clearly some guy who looks nothing like it. I'll, I'll pull up. Like <laughs> so the mask. Bad. The mask makes a cameo in this movie. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the one of the weirdest, most oddball things I've seen in a long time. So. I guess make of that what you will. Um, if you have HBO Max, you can at least watch it for That's free. That's so. what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I would That's definitely I prefer to watch it at home than like go to the theater for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of movies coming out. I'm going to go see in the theater. This is not one of them. <laughs> right. Seriously. So, yeah, I definitely want to circle back on this with you, Lauren, once you see it, because um, I'd be curious yeah. to, to hear your thoughts. But, yeah, that's that's basically what I've been watching. Nice. Um, yeah, so like I said, I'm gonna make it really quick, but it's things that we've talked about on this podcast before, so I just want to hit them real fast. Um, I watched Gunpowder Milkshake. Mm, yes, yes. Um, dropped on Netflix last week. I gotta say I was disappointed. Um, it was uh-huh. fine. Um, it was kind of like an attempt at being a female John Wick, uh, but a little bit more artsy. Um... I just, yeah, I don't know. wasn't blown away by it. I didn't think the villains were very great in it. Um, so the action was great, and it was bloody as all get out. Um, I was actually very surprised at how brutal it was and some of the particular violence that they did show. Um, and, I mean, I, the women kicked ass, which was cool. But I didn't think the, like, the story itself was all that great. Gotcha. So... I mean, it's on Netflix, so again, you don't have to pay extra to see it in the theater. If you're interested, check it out, but I wouldn't say, like, rush to watch it, sadly. Um, The other two things that I watched are series that are dropping, like, weekly, so obviously don't have full updates on them, but they were two that I was very excited for, and so far, I think so good, in my opinion. 
Um, number one being Wellington Paranormal. Mm, yes. Finally dropping on HBO Max. Yep. So I watched the first two episodes. I think episode three comes out today, which is very exciting. Um, it's no shadows, that's for sure. But if you if you like the vein of that, especially the particular first, like the movie in particular, um, because it is the police officers from that film. So it's more of a direct uh, pull from the original movie than the series yeah. is. Um, I would say definitely check it out. I, it's funny. It's weird. It's it's X Files, but in the most New Zealand way possible. <laughs> Love it. Sounds, um, sounds about right. And then the other one is Monsters at Work on Disney Plus, oh, the new yeah, Monsters Inc. series. Nice. Yeah, the first again three episodes I think of that are out so far. Um, I am really liking it. I love Monsters, Inc. It's actually probably my favorite Pixar movie. Um, one of my favorite Disney movies. And so I was super hyped for Monsters, You. I was very disappointed by that movie. But so far, this series, I think, is holding holding its own for me, in my opinion. Because um, it continues literally from where the movie leaves off. Are John up. Goodman and so. Billy Crystal back? They are all of the original oh, cast. So cool. Jennifer Tilly as well. Yeah, nice. Um, Bonnie Hunt, literally all of the main cast that those characters come back in the show. Nice. It's the same actors, and then it's a whole bunch of new characters as yeah. well. So, also, I if you are inclined to uh, uh, you know uh, stream things like a pirate. Apparently, Wellington Paranormal, there's more than one season already out in New Zealand, right? Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. they're on season three at this gotcha. point. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't want to wait for HBO Max, I'm not telling you to do anything illegal, but... These things or if you need a somewhere. new show to watch every week, then yeah, you've got these, a new, these, two these, new shows yeah. to watch every week. These things are out there in the world if you, uh, if you look hard enough, Rachel. They exist. If you yeah. want to be anti-binge culture for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be watching Ted Lasso as it comes out, so I'll be doing that every week. So, you nice know, there are some things I can't binge, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, that's everything. So, thank yeah. you everybody for listening to this episode of Pop Pop the Pop Culture Podcast. We did a lot of Marvel here, so this is what you this is what you come here for generally. <laughs> um, Taylor, where can everybody find you on the internet? You can find me at Taylor Salen on Twitter, and um, that's pretty much it right now. And right here. What about yeah. you, Lauren? <laughs> I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on Instagram and Twitter, technically, and Clubhouse. Yeah. Nice. We really missed that Clubhouse train, didn't we? Uh, I think I don't think it's taken off as much as uh, yeah. we thought. I, I really I don't really go on it, but if people are on it, I'm there. <laughs> so. Sweet. And you know me. I'm the LA Nerd. That's my handle everywhere on the internet. Literally anywhere. You could probably find me in some weird social media circles at I'm the LA Nerd. That's not true. I just have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of some. Vero. Is that still a thing? Was oh, that a thing? God. Uh, the Zach, the Zach okay, Snyder Zach. one that he liked to use. Yeah. No, he still <laughs> oh uses gosh. it. He still uses of course it. He, of course he fucking Oof. does. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, right here on Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. Mm. Uh, we'll go back to weekly news shit, I assume, now that there's like What If comes out in August. But until then, I guess we'll just be doing uh, News of the Week. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. yeah. And lots of movies coming out. So Yeah. yeah. Yep. Back to the regularly scheduled programming. Well, or I guess this is now our, regu- our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> 
So back to unscheduled, non-regular programming. <laughs> exactly. How about that one, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, until then, see you later, nerds. Peace. Bye.